Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the weekend preview. And we're talking Bellator 288, where yours truly will be in attendance. Two massive title fights, a rematch, a grudge match, everything and anything in between. We're also talking UFC Vegas, insert number here, where the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, looks to get back on track against a polar bear, Sergey Spivak. And the PFL has announced the price of their upcoming championship card. All this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Below Average Joe's MMA Show. We're back. It's a preview episode. The whole weekend's in front of us, Dominic. That's the man to my right, Dominic Salee. He is one half of the hosting duo. I am no maker. And we got two cards to go over this weekend. But, Dominic, I think this weekend belongs to a little Bellator. Two title fights. What do you say? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Noah. Two big title fights, very, very important implications, a grudge match in the main event. It's in Chi-Town. It's in Chicago, which means the Joes are going to be there. We're going to be there live in the flesh for the first time, getting to witness some Bellator. Super excited for it, man. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great podcast episode. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm doing very, very good. I'm excited to come back. I got a whole week plus off taking off friday to go to this show and then i got the whole next week couple vacation days and then of course your normal thanksgiving and day after thanksgiving some people don't get day after thanksgiving holiday but i do so i'm grateful for that and it's gonna be nice to just unwind for a few days so mm-hmm. you know all's well ends well but dominic when we go to chicago you know what we're going to want to make sure we uh, take advantage of while we're there? What would that be? That would be a little points bet sports book. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have an exclusive offer for you, the listener, right now. You, <laughs> uh, I stumbled over my words. Let me back. Let's let's just restart that. How about that? Let's just restart it. Don't even cut it, Dom. Don't even type cut. I see you. I see your cursor hovering over it. No cutting. Hey, look, we all make mistakes. We're not going to pretend to be perfect here. Yeah, yeah. Dominic, you know what we want to make sure we take advantage of while we're in Chicago? What would that be? It'd be a little points bet sports book. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have a great offer that you, the listener, you, the viewer, can take advantage of. Right now, if you sign up for PointsBet Sportsbook, they are going to match on your initial deposit 100% up to $1,000. What what's the catch? There is no catch. The only thing is there's one of two ways you can make good on this offer. You go into the description of today's episode. You follow that link. You sign up. You put in your deposit. They will match it. Or you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app. Take a look around, see how things feel. Do you like the lines? What are you feeling? If you like it, you sign up. Make sure you use code MMA Joes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's MMA Joes that sign up. You put in that deposit, it will be matched. 
So, Dominic, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't take advantage of it. Exactly. With that, let's hop into Bellator 288 from the Trust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. I'm going to be feeling like Ferris Bueller, Dom. I'm not even going to ask if you've ever seen Ferris Bueller because I know your answer to that question because you've never seen any movie ever. But Smart man. I'm going to be... I'm going to be singing a little, uh, what's that song that he sings when the parade, uh, Twist and Shout or something like that? Yeah, the, mm. the Beatles song, you guys know. That's going to be me walking across the street from our hotel to to the to the show. But our main event, Dominic, it's a grudge match. Mm-hmm. They run it back. But even Nemkov is still your light heavyweight champion. One time, it felt like, there was nobody nobody around that could really beat this guy. Like he just seemed to be on another level than the rest of the competition. But after a great Grand Prix, Corey Anderson and Vadim Nemkov meet in the finals of that said Grand Prix. This was back in the spring. Corey Anderson dominates most of the fight, but then Dominic an inadvertent headbutt during a grappling exchange in round four. Ends the fight. No contest. The belt goes back to Nemkov. What a turn of events. So, of course, this needed to be run back. This this score needs to be settled. Mm. And it's going to be done so this Friday, Wintrust Arena. I'm curious how... Do do your thoughts at all... Like, you see how the first fight went. Corey Anderson, mostly dominant over Vadim Nemkov. The wrestling was just too much for the guy, Nemkov, who was just a very good striker. But I'm curious, when you think of this fight going in, do you feel like a lot of what we saw in the first fight is what we're going to get again? Or, due to the time between, will we get a little bit of like Sterling Yan too, where Nemkov comes out here and surprises us by how well prepared for this rematch? What do you think? That's a good question. That is a good question because it hasn't been terribly long. This fight happened in April. It's November now, so it's been six and a half, close to seven months. Yes, strides can be made. Improvements can be made on the Nimkov side. But if I had to pick, I would lean toward how that fight was trending uh, when they first met in the Octagon this past spring. Or not in the Octagon, I guess, in Bellator. But you get the point. And I'll say, Noah... The way that that fight was trending is definitely playing a factor here in these odds. By the way, Corey Anderson, minus 230. You got to think that has something to do with it. He looks so damn good in that fight. He's 3-0 and right now in Bellator with all finishes to his name. Vadim Nimkov is a stud. I don't doubt it. I think he's dangerous for Corey if this stays on the feet. But the second Corey implements that grappling, if Nemkov has not worked on improvements, if he hasn't gone back to that fight and tried to study what went wrong, it could be a very long and, in the same sense, short night for the current champion. Corey Anderson's coming in. You know he's hungry. He never got to reach that peak in the UFC. He was close, but never got it. He's getting it here in his home state of Illinois. Doesn't it just feel like everything's kind of moving in Corey Anderson's favor this weekend, Noah? It does. It really does. And that's exactly why I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified <laughs> of it. This feels like it, it's all set up for Anderson to have his moment in the sun. But that just tells me I, I should lean the opposite. That Nemkov is somehow going to surprise everybody and show that it was kind of a fluke performance. Now, 
that's not really how I'm feeling. Like that's more so just like the devil on the shoulder trying to convince me to sway my opinion. All in all, I agree with you. I do think that the way this fight goes will feel somewhat similar to the first one. Sure, Nemkov's had a lot of time since April to make the improvements, to make the adjustments, but the guy's background is a striking background. Mm-hmm. Corey Anderson has spent his entire life wrestling. How much can Nemkov really pick up in these few months that make a world of difference against such a great wrestler and Corey Anderson. The answer is that he just has to keep the fight standing. He has to keep Corson on the back foot, pressure him and land very good and clean shots. Cause we know that if you can test that chin of Corey Anderson, it's not the best. It's not the mm-hmm. best world. So um, that's the answer. The answer isn't for him to all of a sudden be just like double the the have double the wrestling defense or double the takedown defense that he had in the previous fight. That is unrealistic expectations when it's been just since April. So the answer is that there is a way for him to win this fight for sure. But do I have the confidence in him to do that? Not entirely. I do think Nemkov's a stud. I think that he is I mean, I think he's clearly the second best fighter in this division at worst, but it's just not up for him. And you're just seeing some of the holes get a little exposed. Like he's a great fighter, but you know, it's, it's a bit of what we've seen from guys, even in the UFC where they are so good at one aspect, but they haven't been able to fully, you know, fledge out that, that whole May game. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Um, more times than not, the grappler wins when it's grappler v striker. That's just the way it goes. And I think that's going to be more of the same here. I think Corey Anderson gets it done in his home state. It should be a great moment. Um, but if not, if, if Nemkov wins, Dom, I think we're in for something pretty brutal here, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I feel like the winner of this fight, it's going to be decisive either way you put it. If Nimkov gets it done on the feet, it's going to be a brutal knockout. I don't think it's going five rounds. Corey Anderson, I think if he gets it to the ground this time, he's going to keep going with that ground and pound that he had in the first fight. But this time, he's not going to make any mistakes. He's not going to allow any type of headbutts to even you know, sneak in. He's going to finish with the elbows if he can. So what a storyline it would be, by the way, if Corey can get the title here in Bellator after that brutal uh, hard-fought career, 10-5, and five, I think it was, in the UFC. And uh, for Vadim, he's just trying to keep steady, man, get back to that untouchable status. It's going to be a great fight. Yeah, let's move on to the co-main event of this very card. Another title will be defended. For the first time, that lightweight title of Patricky Pitbulls will be defended against a Nurmagomedov. Mm. Everybody cowers and everybody runs away screaming as they hear that <laughs> Usman yes. Nurmagomedov as I'm going to continue to say I can't think of a more terrifying name than Usman Nurmagomedov I mean literally two of the biggest wrestling badasses in MMA history yeah. and that man's got both of them on his name um, yeah in all seriousness Patricky Pitbull has not, not fought and it'll be about a year uh, on Friday, uh, he won the belt against Peter Queeley back at Bellator 270. Um, that, of course, happened after his brother, Patricio, 
dropped the title and was looking to gain back his featherweight title, which he did end up doing. But because of that, Dom, I think that there's still this stigma on Patricky Pitbull. Not only is he always been kind of labeled as the other Pitbull brother, but now I think there's some whispers of an illegitimate champion that mm. he really didn't, you know, beating a guy like Peter Queeley. Peter Queeley's a solid fighter, but not necessarily a title caliber fighter, at least not up to this point. Mm-hmm. And he was really in that spot because the the show was in um, Ireland, I believe, or in Dublin. Yep. So yep. Um, for Patricky, you know, this would go a long way in legitimatize, legitimatizing, making his title reign feel legitimate. But it's not going to come easy because Usman Nurmagomedov is one of the biggest prospects Bellator's ever got. And he does come from that lineage. Much of what you've said, Dom, you always hammered home that protege of Habib with Islam Makhachev. Mm-hmm. Usman Nurmagomedov ain't too far from that. I mean, he mm-hmm. he has been in a fire with those guys for years, and they have just been iron sharpening iron. And he looks incredible. And he's in Bellator. Like, admit whether we like it or not, Bellator is a step down from the UFC in terms of overall top-to-bottom calibers of fighters, even though there are some definite guys in Bellator that would be really good in the mm-hmm. UFC. But I think because of that, Usman Nurmagomedov just looks even better going up against some of the guys he's gone up against. And this is a test for him, but it feels like anything less than a thorough beating for Usman Nurmagomedov has to be appointment. Just do... Dude, a lot of the feelings behind Patricky Pitbull coming in and how maybe he really never earned the bell and blah, blah, blah. I'm curious your kind of thoughts on this fight and just that overarching narrative around Patricky. Yeah, that's got to be the narrative really on both sides of the coin. I feel like Noah hit it well there. Patricky is that seasoned veteran that has been through the ringer, man. I mean, he's had 34 professional fights, 23 of them in Bellator, so he's more than doubled Usman in experience. He's 36 years old. The fight years that Noah talks about a lot. He's obviously just has these, I, I almost want to say advantages, but sometimes those are disadvantages. When you look at a guy like Usman, undefeated 15 and 0, he's finished 13 of those. He's only 24 years old, Noah, and he's challenging one of the most seasoned veterans Bellator's ever seen for the lightweight title, arguably the toughest division in their organization outside of the Bantamweight division would give them a run. So you do expect domination to a certain extent. A minus 500 money line tells me that as well. But there's something about the veterans and the Pitbull brothers specifically. They're never going to just roll over. They're never just going to be some easy pickings for these young guys. But Usman has the talent to make it look that way. If I had to lean a direction... I would lean Nurmagomedov's way. I mean, the fact that this kid can be that young and be a Bellator champion already at this stage in his career, the future, the opportunities seem endless if he gets a win Saturday night, or Friday night, I should say, in Chicago. It's not too far different from what Islam Makachev was facing when he went up against Charles Oliveira. Maybe the the credibility of the champion in terms of the reign is a little bit different, but... Islam, very young guy, not even quite reaching his uh, his scene yet. Put in a position against a guy who, who 
had really scratched and clawed and had that veteran IQ going, was just really improved and improved and improved and got himself to a title. And he had to be thoroughly beat Charles Oliveira. Here, Patricky Pitbull, again, there is that kind of narrative around how legitimate this title reign is. But mistake, the man has had to really work for everything in his yeah. career. And it is a, I mean, it is also kind of worked against him that his brother, Patricio, has been so successful. Because, yeah, it could maybe help at times. But at the end of the day, you are the other Pitbull brother. It's a yeah. bit like Little Nog and stuff. Like, not that they, like, sure, having a brother that that's, that's that good at MMA can help for training purposes and whatnot. But in terms of your marketability, it's a bit like why the Clippers can never be bigger than the Lakers, right? Little brother, yeah. you know, not to, no. to make Dom feel a little sad. But, I mean, that's the, that's the truth of the matter. Like, the, yes. you know, the, when these teams, you know, that's, that's just the way it kind of goes because um, there's just that constant reminder because they're so closely connected. So it would this would go a long way in, in cementing Patricky Pitbull's legacy and obviously his current title reign. If he could beat a phenom like Usman Nurmagomedov, but I just I don't happening, and I think the layoff and that injury that he had that's really kept him out, yeah, may be just another factor in why it may just be not his night. Yeah, yeah, you put it all together there, my friend. Okay, we're gonna move on to the UFC card, of course. UFC Vegas, Dom, take it away. UFC Vegas 65. <laughs> Thank you. Um, our main event, we'll see the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, at a plus 165. These odds all coming from Point Sportsbook, by the way, including the ones you saw before, right? Or were those DraftKings? Those were also points bet. Oh, nice, nice. Points bet on top of their shit. I like mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. uh, Derek Lewis taking on the polar bear, Sergey Spivak. He has a minus 195. Uh, times have been a little rough for Derek Lewis, uh, to be honest. Um, it's not been a great last year, year and a half or so. Um, really, ever since he knocked out Curtis Blades, it just feels like it's all kind of started going the opposite direction for him. Now, we know Derek Lewis has never been the most technical fighter. He doesn't claim to be. We, you know, we know all this stuff, Dom. We we know that he's he is a... He's got the power to put anybody away, but when it comes to that full-fledged-out MMA game, he just doesn't have it, and he really doesn't care. You know, that's just never really been his his forte. He prefers to be a stand-and-bang kind of guy. He's going up against Sergey Spivak, who has kind of quietly climbed the number 12. Um, I know Spivak has had his time in the top 15 before, but I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere that he was number 12. I was like, whoa, I didn't... Yeah. Didn't realize that. Maybe they probably boosted him up because he was in the fucking main event of a UFC card. But I digress. I do think it's a bit earned because Sergey Spivak has looked pretty good um, as of late. Uh, he's got great takedowns, good wrestler, and he's got the ability to issue with the ground and pound and with submissions. So he's yes. really good if he can get the fight there. His biggest kryptonite has been for a heavyweight. He seems to struggle with the power of if he gets hit clean, which I mean, really, that's the case with almost anybody because you're just not meant your your head, your brain is not meant to take that kind of impact from the fist of a 265 pound man. But 
Spivak specifically feels like his chin's just never been that great. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting matchup. I'm curious what way you kind of lean here because truthfully, Dom, I know that it it feels like Stocko on Derek Lewis. Mm -hmm. But I got to be honest, like, I I, kind of like Lewis in this spot. I mean, a pretty decent underdog. You're going up against a guy who, who yes, your advantage if this fight gets to the ground. But, you know, Derek Lewis has been the king of kind of taking on these types of guys and pulling a rabbit out of the hat, timing up that perfect cut or that perfect shot that can knock them out cold. Uh, The guys he seems to have been losing to as of late have been the guys that either have more power than him currently, or maybe not more power, but maybe just better strikers, uh, technically speaking, mm-hmm. or guys that just have the most full-fleshed-out game in perhaps heavyweight history with a guy like Surreal Gone. It doesn't seem like we've seen him fall victim to like a guy like Spivak. Like, obviously, the last time he fought a guy who had great wrestling, it was Curtis Blades, and he knocked him out. You know, yeah. Since then, it's been Vasa, Surreal Gone, and then, um, uh, what was that loss? It was uh, the other Sergey, Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, yeah, thank you. So none of those guys really fit the mold of a Spivak. So I'm, I'm curious your kind of thoughts on this matchup. It's interesting, man, because as Noah said, Derek Lewis is always going to have the neutralizer. And when he has faced wrestlers in the past, Shamil Abirahimov, that was a main event years ago, um, the fight that he had against Curtis mm-hmm. Blades in another main event, Those are two guys that are looking to grapple. They couldn't necessarily, at least successfully. And when Curtis Blades, for example, tried, he caught that uppercut to the face and it changed his uh, career and put him out. So Derek Lewis has that. If so, the, 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 you know, you look at these losses, Sergey Pavlovich was a, was willing to bang with Derek Lewis. He went in there and he disposed of him. Taito Ivasa was willing to bang with Derek Lewis, and he was also able to do that. Um, and you know, Chris Dawkins was willing to do the same thing as well. Derek Lewis got the knockout win there. So it just, I, I don't mm. foresee Sergey Spivak wanting to try and stand and bang because, as Noah said, he doesn't necessarily have, he, he's got power, right? I'm not doubting that he can knock Derek Lewis out on the feet. But it seems he'd have a lot easier time if he can get it to the ground and dispose of him down there. But it's just easier said than done when you're going up against Derek Lewis. There's some the aura around him. He just even if you get him to the ground, he just stands up. You know, we had to bring it up at least one point in this episode. So it's going to be interesting, too, because uh, Derek Lewis has been in this uh, for a long time. This is going to be his 10th UFC main event, Spivak. It's his first time under the bright lights, by far the biggest opponent that he's had to face. Any bit of nerves in there, I feel like Derek Lewis can capitalize on it. So at plus 165, by all means, a live dog. I feel like anybody at heavyweight at those odds is a live dog because of the power that these guys carry. Again, all-around skill set does go to Spivak. I just don't know if he'll be able to implement that. That's why I don't even really want to touch this fight, to be honest. I am taking Derek Lewis' money line. I can already tell you that. Um I can't help it. It's just like, yeah, part of it's you want to see the guy get a win, but part of it's like he's a plus 165 underdog. I do think I took him against Pavlovich. That will not work out for me. So um, I guess we'll see. I will say, though, that I think Derek Luce has done a great job in his career of making sh- like 
basically kind of doubling down. People have already said he's not a technical guy. Some have even went further and said he's not very good. He's just got power, which I don't think is quite true, but uh, people have said that. And Derek Luce has kind of doubled down on that. Like He sort of went along with it and been that guy that kind of says, like, I fucking don't even like MMA. I hate running. I don't like training. Yeah. You know, just pay me, blah, blah, blah. But it's deceptive because for a guy like Spivak, he shouldn't fall victim to this. But it's possible that you take a guy like this lightly in terms of um, not the power. Like, the power of Lewis, you obviously have to, you know, be very aware of and, and yes. not overlook. But... What I think is very underrated about Derek Lewis in terms of his striking is his timing. His timing is yes. just impeccable. I mean, the guy always seems to land that perfect shot when it's right when his opponent lets that guard down. Curtis Blades had a great first round, even striking against yes. Derek Lewis. Immediately when that level change was sort of coming, even if it was a feint, whatever, Derek Lewis times up perfect uppercut. When he fought... Um, I was gonna say, why can't I think of uh, my my Russian the Russian dude's name? Uh, Pavlovich again? Nope. Before that, Alexei Olenek. Nope. Uh, we're hitting everyone, but the one, the one with, Nope. My balls was hot. That one. Oh, um, Alexander Volkov. <laughs> yes, Alexander Volkov. I can't think of names today. Don't work a nine to five, guys. It, it just eats at your brain. When he knocked out Volkov, that man. Dominic sat right by me when we had all our friends over at Dom's apartment. He said, well, this fight's over. And was even taking a video on Snapchat like, fuck this fight. This fight sucked. I mean, Dom was just laying it on thick. And then Derek Lewis comes and lands a perfect combination, puts that dude out. because Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out. So because of that, I do think that there's a pretty – I, 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 I believe in Derek Lewis here. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Dominic, if you don't have anything else, we'll move on to the headlines. You got anything else you want to say? No, sir. Okay, so we'll move on to the headlines. Just one here for the PFL, Dom. They announced on their Twitter, we're recording this on Wednesday, so they announced it Tuesday night. Well, Tuesday afternoon, I should say that their championship card that we did already hear was going to be on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And I believe me and Dom had speculated on what the price would be. And if I remember right, did we say 30 or 25? It was one of the two, but we said it at the exact same time. We played a little game. So let's guess, let's guess that we said 25. Yeah. Well, Dom, they've come out and doubled that. They said they're going 49.99 for the championship card. Um, haven't heard a ton of talk about this, to be honest with you, and maybe that's just my feed versus other people's, but um, I haven't heard a ton of talk about this. But I just want to put out there that the PFL is the king of taking three steps forward and two steps back. They just love to like get your hopes up that they are really going to take the reins on being the second biggest domestic promotion and just – overtake Bellator completely and be like a real shining example of what a promotion can be outside the UFC. And then they do something like PFL challenger series, wet fart and church. Then they do something like pre-taped fights, having betting odds, um, 
I mean, that's a wet shart in church. And then you have this, where you're charging $50 for a pay-per-view that last year you gave everybody for just $5 or whatever you paid for ESPN+. Plus. That's literally having sex in church. So as you can see, Dominic, we, the, I mean, this is three strikes you're out. I mean, this... I just can't get past why the PFL keeps doing these bonehead choices. I just don't get it. I'm curious if you agree, because I haven't actually heard your thoughts. I mean, I, I have to thank you. You probably think the 50 is a bit steep, right? Yeah, I'm disappointed, but not surprised, though. I feel like Noah did put it pretty solid. They do take steps forward, but there's always something to hinder them. Um, and honestly, the viewpoint that you explained is something I hadn't thought about. It is a product that they're selling for $50 this year that last year was free even. I believe it was on television last year, like ESPN, the network, yeah. their championships. So you're charging $50 more than what you've ever had before. Um, listen, I don't hate on them for trying the pay-per-view route, but I don't know if you necessarily needed to experiment with it on your championship card. This is the card you want the most people to see from you if you're the PFL. Now... It's behind a paywall, and it's not going to be. If anything, you you have this on network television again. You maybe do some teasers for your pay-per-view events in 2023, get some interest while you got a lot of eyeballs. But what do I know? I'm just the guy sitting here, right? I guess the talking head. But I just <laughs> I, I don't like it, especially at the $50 price tag. I just I, I want people to see the PFL because we believe they are the second best MMA organization. But th things like this is why sometimes they switch right back to number three and Bellator hopscotches them. So I, I just mm -hmm. I, I fear not many people are going to tune in because of the paywall here. I really do. That's the biggest bottom line here. They're doing this to try to get money, obviously. You offered it for free last year. Now it's $50. But I don't think it's going to work because nobody buy it, Dom. Nobody's going to pay $50 to watch a B promotion. Mm -hmm. fighters that they may not know about. Yeah, they might know Kayla Harrison, but I'm not sure if Kayla Harrison can really carry a $50 price tag herself. Right, right. If it was her versus Cyborg, I still would be reluctant, but I would at least understand it a little more. I mean, I get the theory that, like, look at all the title fights you're getting, all these championship bouts. I mean, it's huge. It's massive. But you can't change the fact that this was a year ago offered for free. And I, I'm not against them trying, but again, the price tag is a little crazy to me. Like this all can just complainings for not, cause we're going to buy it and we're going to watch it. And I mean, so I guess it's all like you talk, you really talk with your wallets and we're not really doing that. But I mean, it's just, um, it's just frustrating because, like, it's not too much for me to spend $50 on this. I mean, whatever. But for other more casual fans who I would like to be more exposed yes. to the PFL's product, it yes. is a huge wall that they have put up in front of them and said, like, you know, you have to get over the – you have to pay $50 to get over this wall to see our, you know, fighters. And that's just – it's backwards business in a lot of ways, so – very disappointed is how I felt when I read that today. 100%.
Now we'll get on into the rest, Dom. We only got one to talk about here from the UFC Vegas insert number here card. Jack Della Maddalena is back, and he's taking on Danny Roberts. So, Dominic, you've been a big ride-or-die Jack guy for quite a while. How excited are you to see him back this Saturday? I'm always excited to see my man Jackie Moon back in it. It's going to be his third fight of 2022. He's 2-0 thus far with two first-round knockouts. The dude's a stud. The dude's an animal. I mean, you remember how sick of a fight he had with Ange Lusa on uh, the Contender Series, that war that they had. Um, and he's looked everything mm-hmm. uh, that the hype said he would in the UFC thus far. He's kind of maintaining competition levels. Like Pete Rodriguez to... Uh, Ameev is a bit of a step up, but I feel like Ameev to Danny Roberts is pretty lateral. So I I feel like if he gets another big win here, he can take that next step up. Hopefully the UFC will reward him with that next step up. Danny Roberts is a solid guy for the most part, but he's never done anything too drastic. He's been finished five of his six losses. Jack Del Madeleine has finished 11 of his 12. That's not a good combination there, if you ask me. So I think it should be another showcase performance from Jackie Moon. I hope so, anyway, as a fan. I will say, though, the only thing that prevents Danny Roberts from being a lateral step and maybe being actually a step up is the fact that he's hopefully going to come in without some crazy-ass burn on his stomach like Ameev did and then got kicked <sighs> I remember into that. fucking oblivion. <clears throat> so... At least that's maybe something. Maybe that'll make it more of a challenge because you won't have it a literal target on the dude's stomach for Jack to throw body kicks at. But yes. um, I digress. I'm excited to see him as well. But Dominic, there's only one way we end the show around here. That's what the little segment we like to call closing statements. Point of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. So Dominic, do you have any closing statements for this Thursday edition? Send everybody off into the weekend uh, you just put so much pressure on me because i just what what's going on right now there's just nothing crazy for me to talk about I'm, I'm 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 super stoked to be going to another mma event i'll put it that way we've been to two combined in our life mm-hmm. but now we get to say we went to two in the same calendar year now if things are trending upward actually i will twist this a little bit because i'm seeing mr john anik a couple tweets from the media that the UFC's planning to hit the road more in 2023, get out of the apex a bit more, go to more places, go to more venues. I can only hope they do a couple in the Midwest. I mean, can we buy one? Come on, guys. Bellator, shout out to you guys for coming somewhat near us. We're traveling a little bit, but there's nothing a little daytime bonding with my co-host can't help. Probably even do some business discussions for the big 2023 ahead. I'm stoked, Noah. I want more fights in person in 2023. On to you. Since me and Dominic are taking a road trip, I want to pose a question to the audience. This is a very Dom question. Actually, it's not because your questions are always very random, but it's very much like in our food. Okay. It's in food wheel that we've been kind of doing for these. Since we are taking a road trip, Dom, I got to know what's, the ideal you you have unlimited choices but what's your ideal lineup for road trip snacks drinks food everything in between i'm so basic you're gonna get such a boring answer out of me dude i'm i'll say this though i'm so used to like 
not in the last couple of years, but like over the course of my life, traveling with my family, my dad's the type of guy, if we're going to vacation in Florida to Gatlinburg and whatnot, we're getting in the car, we're going, we're not stopping unless you're about to shit down your leg. I even remember, well, I don't remember this, but I've heard the story as a child, he didn't stop at a rest stop. So we just pulled over quickly onto the shoulder. They rolled the van door open in my grandparents' van and I peed right out of the door. They shut it on the road to go or on the road again we go. So I'll say I'm pretty basic, man. I'm probably going to have a couple waters with me, maybe a body armor. I'm a big body armor guy. Peanut butter crackers, some chips maybe. I mean, it's I'm just not used to always getting off and like stopping or bringing a bunch of food because it's always just so go, go, go. Hopefully you have mm-hmm. a better answer than me. That was a pretty basic answer. Now, peanut butter crackers do slap. Oh, I'm going to have them. Don't slap. you worry. Um, I'm curious what kind of chips would be the ideal chips for you. Is there like a certain mm. kind? or? I feel like it could be a little bit of anything, right? Maybe we got some uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Maybe we got a package of goldfish. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started with goldfish. Barbecue chips, barbecue Fritos even. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty mm. lenient when it comes to the types of chips unless it's mm, no i can give cheese it's a pass too i've never been the biggest on mm. cheese it's but if i have to eat them on a car trip i'll do it man cheese it's are like up there for me but mm. if i had to pick my ideal lineup it all starts with the beef jerky meat oh. sticks baby and that's what i mean not the beef jerky i mean i'll trust me i'll eat beef jerky if it's in the bag or whatever but to me, it's the Slim Jims, the the big, get okay. the big old meat yes. sticks. Get those fat ones, you know, the big fat meat sticks, you know. Yeah, yes. that was very intentional in my uh, bulk to Dom, by the way. But um, also, peanut butter pretzels. How about that one for a oh, little, yeah. oh, little yeah. left hook? Uh, peanut butter pretzels are the premier snack and really pretzels in general are my go-to like snack food like in my cupboard pretty much the only snacks that i keep stocked are pretzels that's just Mm. i was always i think when i was growing up i was told they were a little bit healthier for you than like Mm. other chips and -hmm. because of that that's what made me eat them so much as a kid because i always wanted to snack because i was a little fat buck and then (laughs) As I gotten older, I've just never stopped. I just love pretzels. Now, I don't snack too much anymore, but whenever I eat something to make sandwich for dinner or whatever, whatever I'm making, if I need like a, a chip side to that, it's always pretzels. It's not even a chip. But pretzels. Mm, I like that. Now, this doesn't really go like if... So let's say we just had like... Let's say we ate dinner... Let's say, like, we were going back home after eating, like, a lunch or a dinner or something. You know, you're not really hungry, don't want meat sticks, don't want, you know, the pretzels, whatever. Then give me some motherfucking, why am I forgetting, Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Sour Patch Kids. Okay. So give me those. And then my drink of choice... I have to have a big water. Like yeah. I just, I'm, I'm a guy. I am a fluid like demon. Like I just refuse. I'm always drinking something. Yeah. Just constantly. I mean, Dominic lived with me for a few years. Like he's seen. I just, I'm constantly just pounding a fluid. 
Yeah. So I need a big water to keep myself hydrated, of course. But if I need it, but I always have something else. And it'd either be like a Gator Light is big for me right now. I don't know if you've seen those. It's like the new Mm-mm. Gatorade thing. So they're, they're selling them in a lot of gas stations. But it's, imagine like Pedialyte, but in Gate Gatorade. Okay. So Gator Light is what it's called. But it's it's to me, they're better than regular Gatorades. Regular Gatorades nowadays taste a little too much sugary for me. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because there's a lot of fucking sugar in them. They're not really good for you in terms of being like an athletic drink. But anyways, yeah. I'd probably have something like that or like a Sprite. Sprite's been like my go-to soda for the last couple of years. Used to be a big Coke guy. Like I used to say, stop at McDonald's before hitting the highway, get a McDonald's Coke, mm. and then get on the highway. But Sprite, kind of the move lately. I do feel, for a guy. I mean, I don't. I have not drank pop, guys, in like a long, long, long time. But as a child, as like an early teen, that was the go-to pop would be Sprite. I remember, like, if I'm going to McDonald's, for example, that's what I would get with my Happy Meals. That, or of course, the legendary High C orange drink at mm-hmm. McDonald's as well. Like, there's nothing better than those two fountain <clears throat> drinks right there. Yeah, Dominic, and what's funny is I feel like Sprite is looked at as kind of a basic, like, boring soda. Yeah. So you're just crossing off all of the boxes, aren't you, today? I like to do what I can do. You like what you like, and that's all that matters. But my name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below-average Joes, and we'll see you guys on Monday.